When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and today's episode, we're going to do a little bit of a 2023 and review. Now, if you recall one of the previous episodes that I did, I talked about what I learned from 2023, what I would do differently, what I want to change about how I trade in 2024. Now I'm really looking back on the year that was 2023 and really my take on it, expectations for the new year and so forth. So there's no email today. I'm not going to read anyone's email. That will start back up next year. This will be the last podcast episode of 2023. So each year, it seems to me that there's like this overarching theme to the stock market. And oftentimes, crazy enough, it seems to start, even if it's completely different or opposite to the year before, it starts in January and it that theme persists throughout the whole year. Now that hasn't always been the case, but of late, that has been over the last, I would say, five or six years. I think perhaps with the exception of 2018, that has been the case each time. So in 2018, you had the double top quarter four meltdown, and it was essentially October and December with some crazy selling. And in between those two months, November of that year, you had a dead cap bounce that took place. The market ultimately bottomed at the end of December, I think it was like the day after Christmas, you had like a thousand point rally on the Dow. It was a real face ripper. And then the theme that continued throughout 2019 was the recovery from that sell-off. And then of course, 2020, everybody remembers what that was. The market got off to a pretty decent start that year. Almost seemed like it was too good to be true. Really an easy trading market in January. And then February, this virus started spreading and people started taking note of it. And then you had this six-week sell-off that took place when the whole economy started shutting down. That was the COVID sell-off. It was pretty big. People were saying that that was a recession in hindsight. It was really a self-induced recession. But when the Fed cut the rates down to zero, you had your ZERP in place, your zero interest rate program, and the market took back off. And throughout the rest of that year, the market just went sky high. It defied odds. People weren't even working. And the market was just going through the roof because everybody was getting stimmy checks. Everybody was trading those stimmy checks in the stock market. It was one of the craziest things that I had ever seen in my lifetime with the stock market. And I know I'm going to get to 2023 here in a second, but I'm just trying to lay the groundwork for that. 2021, you had the continuation of 2020 where the market just continued to rocket higher. You had the GME bros that came onto the scene. You also had all the Wall Street bets folks and trading like the Deegans that they were. Bitcoin and Dogecoin and all these other cryptos became a huge thing to the overall market. And then 2022, you had the start of tapering. 
and you had a huge sell-off that started in January of that year. I think the entire market was down over 20% in 2022. But then in 2023, which is where we find ourselves at right now, just one trading day left, 2023 rallied like mad. Stocks like NVIDIA went from the 140s to the 500s. Meta went over 100%. Apple was over 50%. Amazon was up crazy amounts. The entire market was essentially controlled by about seven stocks. And all of this was done on this belief system that AI was going to be the next great technological achievement in the history of mankind. Just like the dot-com was a huge catalyst to the 90s, that's what people were making out AI to be. Which I think AI is pretty cool. There's a lot of things that you can use it for. There's things that I use it. But let's be honest. AI is really just like this next search engine. It's search engine 2.0. What do you do? You ask it questions. What do you do with a search engine? You ask it questions. It gives you answers. That's really what AI is doing. AI is not really AI. It's really a label that people are putting on everything. AI is only AI is if it disobeys you. And are they allowing it to disobey you? No. If it starts to disobey everybody and does what it wants, starts you know going Terminator on folks, people are going to have issues with the whole AI rollout. You're going to see that come to a halt really fast. So really, it's a fancy algorithm. Is it impressive? Absolutely. But in the end, it's really like a the next generation search engine. That's why they're putting it on all the web browsers, right? Because it's essentially an aid to, to searching the internet. And along with AI, you have the hopes for seven rate cuts next year. That means after the January meeting, every meeting thereafter in 2024 is expected to be a rate cut. So that's the thing going into 2024. So 2023, let's review it a little bit. January, we had a huge rally to start the year. And it really was a preview of what was to come later on in the year and, and in the middle of the year. Huge rally to start the year. Became extremely overbought in that first month of trading. But in February, you started hearing about this looming banking crisis, particularly among the regional bank. And in March, you had some of the largest bank failures ever. Silicon Valley Bank. Remember that one? And there was numerous others. And things were looking really bleak there in March. Everything was selling off hard and fast. But then the Fed stepped in, just as it always does, and bails out the rich, bails out the banks, banks bails out corporate America for their stupid decisions, leveraging and going way out there on long-term bonds. And then when the interest rates rose, those bonds became greatly devalued. And so they couldn't get out of them without taking on steep losses. So what does the Fed do? They create a program. BTFP, the Bank Term Funding Program, I think is what it stands for. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but BTFP. And what does BTFP do? It allows them to swap out their bonds and get cash. Now, they got to pay it back in a year. But what do you think the banks are going to do? They're going to go ahead and take any bond. Can I do this? No, but the banks can do it. They can swap out their bonds for cash. And then they can start lending that money out, making interest on that, that they wouldn't have been able to earn with the bonds that they had on their books. Now, what the heck is the FDIC program for if we're going to bail out the banks anyway? Right. So billions and billions of dollars, I think $131 billion was the last reading that I got, has been lended to banks, have been where the banks could swap out their losing bonds for cash. So that happened in March. And then the lows of March where the banking crisis came to a full head to July, everything is fine again in the market. Market rallies, market rallies, nonstop. And then August through October, rates started going up and stocks started going down. So then you had this like essentially during that period. August through October, you had a reality check. And then October through December, suddenly there was no reality check. Traders started buying the hype that there was going to be seven rate cuts next year in 2024. AI became very prominent again. Everybody was buying the dip. 
to close out the year. With one day to go, the market's on a nine-week winning streak on the S&P 500. Everything is trading at all-time highs as a result of an end-of-year rally that took the NASDAQ up over 20%. During this time, did earnings matter? No. Apple actually has declining earnings year over year, but yet the stock trades at all-time highs. You have a 2024 election ahead of us where there's likely to be a very tumultuous period for the United States as it elects its next president. But the market doesn't care about anything right now except for what is the Fed going to do next. Now, let's talk about that. Going into 2024, why would the Fed cut seven times next year? That means, again, after January, they're cutting every meeting on average a quarter of a point. What would be the basis for that? It would have to be that we're going into a full-blown recession. Is recession good for stocks? Traditionally, no. What does a recession mean? It means companies are not making as much money. Consumers are spending less. Consumers are cash tied. They don't have a lot of money to spend. And right now, going into what would likely be a recession, if we're going to cut seven times, we have a consumer that has more debt than ever before. Inflation has hit harder than ever before. Some people will say, oh, inflation's coming down. No, it's not. We are still going up. The rate of inflation has come down, but we're still increasing prices every single day. Freaking Amazon. I got an email today. Yes, I'm an Amazon Prime member. Why? Mainly because of the free shipping and the quick delivery. But then they send you an email saying, oh, we're going to actually start putting ads on your videos and on your commercials. Why? Because we want to make more money, they'll tell you. But no, they'll try to say, well, well we're, we're really just trying to bring you better services in the new year. We want to just continue to improve on our offering. No, they're trying to improve their greediness, their lust for money. And it's okay to be a capitalist. But it's somewhere along the way, the consumer has to tap out. So what do they do? Oh, but if you want to keep your Amazon Prime streaming free, you go to this $2.99 additional charge on your plan and you don't get any more commercials. Really? So Amazon needs another three bucks that bad off of me. A company that makes billions and billions of dollars needs that kind of money. Crazy way of thinking. But most people will do it. I'm not going to do it. I refuse to do it. In fact, one of my resolutions in 2024 is to cut down on streaming services because I think most of them are just trash anyways. And who? And, and there's really honestly not that much on Prime that we watch anyway. So there's no chance that I'm going to be paying another $2.99 for that crap. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, going back, I, I didn't mean to go on that tirade about Amazon, but it does tie into the bigger picture here with 2024. Dreams broken or dreams become a reality? That's really the conundrum that we're faced with the 2024. Do we get the seven rate cuts? And if we do... Does that result in a re, a dream becoming reality, or does those seven rate cuts that Wall Street is so adamant about happening result in the recession that really kills stocks? Because I really don't know how you can have it both ways, where the, the market continues to rally in the face of a recession. I mean, right now, that's what we're doing, but the rate cuts is really what it's rallying off of. But if those rate cuts come to fruition, what does that mean? It means that a recession has hit the economy. I don't know why the Fed would cut rates seven times next year that aggressively when, by the way, they actually have come out this past couple of weeks and said market's way ahead of what we're expecting to do next year. We're wanting to be higher for longer, but the market's doing a completely different thing. The Fed right now is projecting three rate cuts. Market's projecting seven. So they're way ahead of it. But let's say those expectations come down some. That would likely pu- result in a pullback in the market too. If the same logic applies for 2023, where the only thing that matters is the Fed. And if you get those seven rate hikes, that's likely going to be a bad sign for businesses because we're going to be under a full-blown recession. I think the AI theme will continue into 2024. I think that's going to be a big deal. I don't know how a lot of these companies can sustain throughout the entire year, though, the kinds of valuations that they've been holding all throughout 2023, like NVIDIA holding a, a PE of over 100. Now, some points of this year, it's held at PE of over 200. I mean, Apple has a PE over 30. Traditionally, it's been around 17 to 18. So extremely high valuations. And that's a company that's become more of a value company, more along the lines of like a GE or a Walmart or a company that has kind of maxed out its growth rate. And it's just a a nice, steady, consistent performer. So again, we've seen all throughout, and most particularly with the last five years, these themes that strike the market in the beginning of January. And I'm Really curious to see what that theme will be in 2024. Do we see a a brand new theme come to fruition where perhaps people start to sell off in 2024? We're entering 2024 historically overbought. I mean, I'm talking about extremely, extremely overbought. We're riding into 2024 on a nine-week winning streak, assuming the final day of the trading year goes off without a hitch. Can the Bulls really keep it up for another year following the year that we just had? Huge game. And it reminds me a lot of what we saw in 1998 where you had the spy go from like $120 a share down to $91 a share. And then it ended up rallying over the course of the next year and a half from 91 all the way up to 155 before the dot-com bubble finally fell apart. And I do think there's the potential for something like that to happen, where 2022 wasn't necessarily the top of the market, the end of a bull run. In fact, we didn't even record a recession then. We've yet to get that recession. And I could see where, similar to 98, where we had the 20 plus percent sell-off followed by the epic run thereafter that 2022 was similar to 1998 2023 was that run higher and then finally this market tops out now i'm not trying to sit here and be doom and gloom if the market wants to rally hard next year and rally 12 months out of the year fine i will get long and i will buy it to the long side i'm just 
really trying to provide some scenarios to think about, to ponder, and to not be surprised if they do happen. This is not me trying to hold a crystal ball and say, this is what's going to happen. This isn't some, you know, podcast where I'm trying to scare the crap out of you. I'm just trying to give you some scenarios to think about. For instance, like if we get to seven rate cuts, what does that really say about the broader economy? Would that not signify that the Fed was forced because of the economy to cut rates far faster than what they had expected going into 2024? And if they're being forced to cut rates that fast, it'll likely mean that we're in a recession. So 2023, what a year it was. It was a frustrating year to me from just dealing with some of the craziness that we saw, some of the unexplainable rallies that took place. But it was also a year where I, I feel like as a trader, I grew a lot. I found some holes in my trading that I found that I could approve upon and do better for 2024. And that's really the best that you can ask for. I live to trade another day. I live to trade another week. I live to trade another month. And now I can say I've lived to trade another year in the stock market. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would encourage you to leave me a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Send me your questions, ryan at shareplanner.com. 2024 is going to be dependent on your questions. I want those questions. Keep sending them to me. I will make podcast episodes out of them. And I want to thank you for a wonderful 2023. Thank you for listening. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> Sometimes the episodes are great. Some of them, you know, you could tell I'm a little bit off. But overall, I have very much value and appreciate everything that you guys have meant to me, have become to this show. This is your show. This is a show that you guys create with your questions. And I just provide some answers or at least to the best of my ability. Thank you guys. And God bless you all in 2024. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on Share Planner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.